Hi, this is Megan McHugh, and this is the podcast of Triple R Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy, and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website. G'day, welcome aboard the Starship Zero G Science Fiction, Fantasy and Historical Radio for episode number 1281, entitled Do You Want to Build a Show, Megan? <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. I am Rob Jan. And Megan McHugh. And thank you to the Kick, Kick Like, like a, a Girl. girl. <laughs> I won't... Yeah, that's the title. That must be especially challenging at the moment. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't want to get into AFL season, Rob. I know it's 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 not your thing. Is that a sports ball thing? <laughs> yes, but I am very sad about the loss of AFL AFLW. So I, I know nothing about that. Amongst other things, well, it's been canned, obviously, because it's a non-essential. Wasn't there another sports ball thing that's refusing to be canned? Uh, well, AFL was n- still going ahead with no spectators, but now it is not. No, no, going it was ahead uh, yeah, where they hit each other, um, like scrum stuff like that. Rugby? Yes. Yeah, I don't like care that. about rugby, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I would assume that that's not either. I don't like, know. I think like the there's vague things in my peripheral. Brand new world. I think none of that's going ahead. So, there's yes, probably a Disney song about that. <laughs> <laughs> A brand new world. But, okay. yes, yeah, so all people who have a Venn diagram that overlaps with sports and geekery, I feel you. I'm sad mm. also, so don't you worry. Yeah. Well, the apocalypse. Uh, it's not my first one, okay, um, but it is the first one that I've not been blamed for so far. <laughs> so far. So I'm all right with that. Um, yes, you are probably in for a bit of macrame humour along the way, <laughs> which is like, Macabre, but when people tell you to get knotted. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the comedy festival is not on, so yes. we're going to make up for it. Oh, that's a terrible. Our thing. months are littered with the the sad cancellations of a lot of things that we know and love. Unfortunately, mm. episode number one two eight one. I like that number because it's the naval construction contract number of the Starship USSS. Robert Louis Stevenson from Ah. the the Star Trek Next Generation episode Conspiracy, named after Robert Louis Stevenson, who was uh, a Scottish novelist and travel writer in the uh, 19th century, very well known for some splendid books. So if you're looking for something to read during the hiatus, you could do with something pleasantly diverting like Treasure Island, uh, Kidnapped, but you might want to give... Strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde a miss. <laughs> <laughs> Although he could probably come up with a pretty good vaccine, but you might not like the side effects too much. Or not, depending on your proclivities. Though, I don't know if Dr. Jekyll's practice is uh, taking telemedicine Skype calls. That's a thing now. <laughs> it actually is a thing. Um, I was talking with, uh, with Zoran, uh, and of one of the heroes manning Triple R at the moment, um, that about uh, f- the futurism 
aspects of this whole thing, you know, about maybe possibly the death of cash. Mm. Um, it was already on its last legs. Uh, you know, magazines and other periodicals are already a bit wobbly. Mm. Um, I mean, a couple of years ago, uh, one of the magazines that I had uh, regularly purchased since the 1970s yeah. went all digital. Um, we were considering the impact upon <gasps> comic books. Ah, yeah. That's interesting, actually. Mm. I mean... Yeah. I think there's going to be impacts on all kinds of things that we consume and create. Mm. Um, I'm actually thinking that my next costume might be a Borg cube. Oh, no, get Preci- that out of here. <laughs> precisely two metres by two metres so I can get that four square metre <laughs> distancing. I, I'm going to love watching you get that into the studio <laughs> and I'll be helping you get an arm in there. I've and- done... Way worse. <laughs> I re- I, yeah, I reckon you have too, actually. <laughs> uh, what was the – oh, yes, um, uh, an Indiana Jones biplane from The Last Crusade. Oh, yes. Uh, with wings that um, flopped up to get me through doorways. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. Forward-thinking uh, yes. design. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I suppose it should be a Plague Doctor costume, you know, with <gasps> – A Plague, yeah. Yeah, with the beak. Yeah, iconic. Me being me, I know several people who are – have done that. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. Um, somebody who'd been on our show, uh, um, uh, Jennifer from um, uh, Jennifer Mann from the um, United States. She did a review on the show of the Warhammer movie. Remember? Oh, Remember yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, she's done a plague doctor costume, and they laughed at her. Now, now <laughs> it's like, yeah. Where is that plague doctor costume? You know, similarly, people who have visited my lair have laughed at my bidet. Ah, well, laugh no more. Non plus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know, it's the plague. Um, and I'm not okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Zero G. That is a segue. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> a very, very good segue. Uh, to our uh, discussion, discussion about um, a new Netflix TV show. Yes. Yes, so even in these times, Zero G is plugging on, so we've confined our watching to streaming for now. Um, And so, yeah, we checked out this nice little gem. Or DVDs. Exactly, exactly. But I guess for our new content, yeah, we can try and procure that however we can. Um, So, yeah, I mean, let's dig into this. I think it's – you. this was originally your pick. Yes. I I think this is maybe – uh, sort of a comment on their marketing of this is that I didn't realise the premise of this was what it was. I thought it was just kind of a teen thing. Yes. Not that I don't love a good teen thing, but I didn't know sort of the uh, the core crossover elements, which are directly smack bang right up my alley, which is this is sort of a Stephen King, John Hughes hybrid, mm. which is directly my bag. So... Well, I was. It's funny you should say that, thinking it was just another team mm. sort of show. Because I, I teased this um, with um, my partner Gail, and I was saying, "Oh, I'm watching this great series on Netflix. It's about a, a 17-year-old girl in an American school, and um, she's got uh, relationship problems. She's she's working out her sexuality. Um, she has a, a, a best friend." Um, who's got a gaslighting boyfriend, a, th- a thuggish boyfriend. Ugh. And Gail's patiently listening to me. <laughs> She's, why are you watching yeah, this? Yeah, waiting for the second, the other shoe to drop, yeah. I guess. Because the character, uh, Sophia, 
Lilith. Lilith, mm. also known as, or mostly known as Sid. Uh, <laughs> so Sophia Lilith Lil- 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 is the actress. the actress and the yes. character is named Sid. Uh, well, she's mostly known about, they never call her Sophia in the, uh, in the show. <laughs> <laughs> she's a 17-year-old and uh, she's... I, I believe she's running through. She's just run through puberty. Um, she's quite, actually seventy years she's old. She's seventeen. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I, I get confused with this. I'm a geek, and uh, and she's got telekinetic powers. Mm. That she's also coming into. Yes. Yes. So there's the other shoe. There's the other shoe. <laughs> um, I mean, I think what drew me to this as well is so we've got Sid, and then another core character, of course, is Stan or Stanley. Yes. Played by Wyatt Olaf. Olaf? Olaf? I don't know how you're saying that. If you're watching um, Frozen, you call him Olaf. (laughs) Um, But both of those actors, obviously, we've seen previously, probably the thing they're most well-known for would be they were in It, the latest It. Do you know? Never You didn't realise that until... I'm watching them thinking, damn, these guys are familiar. Did you just realise that now when I said... No, no, no. Oh, you looked them up. I got it in my notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, they were both – they played Bev. Sid, um, Sophia Lillis was Bev and Wyatt Olaf was um, another – called Stanley. He was yeah. Stanley Uris in that as well. So um, Wyatt Olaf is also uh, – he also played young Peter Quill in Guardians yes. of the Galaxy number two. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, so, you know, so they've got some chops. They know what they're doing. Mm. Worked um, together before. There's great chemistry between those two. Um, the – the characterizations are alive. I have to say, like, I think Stanley for me is probably my favorite character in this full mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's sort of Netflix is doing this thing a lot lately, which I'm into, which is this kind of timeless, nostalgic energy in a lot of their shows. Yeah. So the people that are involved in this have also worked on things like Stranger Things and um, End of the Fucking World. And. I think that you can see that in kind of the approach is that there's this very – and it's sort of same as sex education on Netflix as well. It's got this mixture of genres and also this kind of 80s energy and that's definitely here as well. This is actually supposed to take place at the same time as uh, the end of the effing world. Yes. Um, and there's actually photographs of two of the characters in the set. Ah, I didn't know. They're actually that's pretty good Easter egg. But, yeah, so it's very nostalgic, very retro – um, and I really like that. I think they've de- you can definitely see here that they're taking some of the things that have been popular on Netflix and, you know, sort of working that into what content they're, they're doing. Seven episodes. Yes, and they're very short. You can whip right through them. They're 20-minute or so episodes. I didn't intend to watch the whole thing and then I just yeah. had. <laughs> yeah, because um, it's very easy to get through. Charles uh, Forsman is the American comic book author whose books um, – this is kind of uh, based on? Loosely from what loosely, I can tell, yeah. 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 Um, so, wow. You know, I, I was so impressed by this. I, I watched it and I thought, it, it begins, and this is not really a spoiler, the opening shot is uh, the character Sid mm. running down a, a street in the small town covered in blood. Yeah. And you, you, they had me hooked there. I'm thinking, I, I know, mean, I got an idea, kind of, but I want to see how they get that's there. That's such a great device, isn't it? Like... I mean, I have to say as someone who very strongly, like I love the John Hughes movies and this is very, I mean, look, you could argue pretty strongly that Stanley is a cut and paste of Ducky from Pretty in Pink. I think he's, from memory, Ducky, I found him quite annoying, whereas I love Stanley. But there's definitely, we're drawing on a lot of existing kind of um, 
properties here that we're pulling in to kind of build this series. I do think it it does have its flaws, but overall, I would say like it definitely, as someone who was a teenage girl, um, it I, I don't know, it made me definitely tapped into some emotional stuff and I think it really made me feel things. I was quite surprised by how much I thought about it after I'd watched it. Um, so I definitely, yeah, props to it. And I think um, as well, oh, the music is, the soundtrack is, Awesome. And interestingly enough, because we've had a lot of awesome period soundtracks, mm. as in using um, elegiac music, um, both in the show and that's not the right word, elegiac. I mean, I think I mean diegetic. Yes, I do. Um, anyway, um, music that's like set for Stranger Things in the eighties, or, yeah. or, or you know, Life of Mars in the seventies, that yeah. sort of things. Um, but this one. It's got a more eclectic mix, but it does actually feel quite a bit 80-ish, I reckon. It does. I mean, it has a good mixture of music from kind of that era and also more current bands I noticed in there as well. Um, It's kind of a good mix of kind of indie, current indie, quote-unquote, sort of modern stuff and some real classics. Like I think um, it draws a lot in its tonal music from like stuff like Donnie Darko and things like that. Like there's definitely some overlap there of tunes. Um, but and, and speaking of rabbits, Echo and the Bunnymen. Yes, the yes. Ki- the Killing Moon from their Ocean Rain album. Why did you like this one so much? When so I love this song already and it's also they use it a lot. It is kind of an iconic mic drop 80s vibe kind of song and it's been used in a lot of movies. But I just think this is a really great track and so I was really happy. And it sort of comes in at the end. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that obviously I think this show – really finds its stride towards the end of the season, which was a little disappointing for me because I felt I was just getting hooked on it and it had kind of surprised me with how much I felt engaged with it and then it was over. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it just pace-wise maybe not so much. I was wondering why it, maybe this could have been a movie and not a series, but I think it just sets the right tone completely. Do you think it's a bit too Stranger Things? Actually, no. Like, I think it's much more – I think it plays a little less on the kind of science fiction-y supernatural team vibe and much more on a kind of more solitary, angsty Stephen – like, sort of Stephen King's more isolated character pieces rather than his um, Stand By Me, well, like the body, I guess, it team – ones I think it's a bit more mature than something like Strange Things and not just because the children like the characters are older um yeah I don't know I felt lots of different things about this well let's let's spin the track The Killing Moon and we'll continue on after this on Zero G on Free Triple R FM Triple R This is Neil Gaiman in the dangerous alphabet. Zero, G comes last. Z waits alone and it's not for a thing. Yes, you're listening to Zero, G on Triple R. And we just listened to Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunny Men because we are talking about the TV series on Netflix called I Am Not Okay With This. Mm. Um, And it's sort of a teen Stephen King, John Hughesy kind of vibe. Um, Yeah, so we'll crack on with talking about that. Yeah, well... I, I think this is another one of those ones which really gets into that question of the uh, the twenty first century about superheroes and what mm. it would be like to have the powers. Yeah, it, it's it's become 
a trope. And we've, we've been for all this before because, my God, we've had, you know, over two handfuls of Marvel movies exploring that thoroughly uh, and all of the, the television shows from mm. the DC and the Marvel universe. Uh, and then we've had all those other shows that sort of um, echoed them. Yeah. Like uh, Heroes. Yes, yeah. Um, the Boys. Um, you know, and they've explored every single backlash mm. against it. You know, I mean, all ripping off The Watchmen. I was going to say, have well. you watched that series? Have I haven't watched the series yeah, yet. I haven't watched that either. I've heard good things about What's it. What's that though? on? Which one of the many streaming platforms is that hanging out on? Good question, actually. You know, like HBO, I, I think. I think it's HBO, which yeah. means Foxtel. Um, so yeah, and I like, I mean, something that I've always liked, I mean, this is kind of a metaphor as old as time about, you know, using superpowers and emerging superpowers as kind of a parallel to the teenage experience of Mm. figuring out things and how to deal with things you can't control and so on. So it's all about how you execute it, I think, and whether you can create a new kind of atmosphere or characters that people can relate to afresh. And I do think that this does that. I think personally, like I said, I like the the atmosphere in this, like kind of the world that they build. I think it is very similar to some of the things Netflix has done before in terms of the energy but I think that it's kind of doing something pretty new as well. Um, so it did feel – it felt new to me. It felt like it was it was worth my time. New and old because it's been a very long time since they started out exploring the adventures of Superboy mm. in, the, in the, um, the Superman comics and, and finding out all of that. You know, because they had to grapple with similar, although nowhere near as grown-up issues. Yeah. Although you'd be surprised at some really strange stuff in those old Superman, Superboy comics. Uh, and oh, I bet there is. <laughs> very strange stuff. Uh, and which which was perfectly innocent and naive at the time, maybe. Mm, maybe. Mm, mm, mm. Well, <laughs> But yeah. if you take it out and examine it in the light of days, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like so many things from the times of old. Yes. Anyway, um, I would I would recommend this. I'd go, mm. f- I'd go give a, uh, a, yeah, man, this is a good show. I enjoyed it. I really like that too because I feel like a lot of what I got out of this as well is, like I said, some of those, I think some of the emotions and things felt very authentic to me and it really kind of got me, it really made me feel nostalgic for sort of, you know, my own life. So I like that you liked it not just you know, it's you know, I'm reflecting back on my experience as a teenager. Obviously, you were not a teenage girl, so I like that it has a broader appeal as well. Hmm. So yeah, I'm not okay with this. Netflix, into it, check it out. I'm a year as well. And I really, really so much want to see that actress play Squirrel Girl. She'd be pretty good. She would be note perfect. I am honestly so happy too that that. Um, Wyatt also got a chance. I think Stanley is such a great character. I think yep. he's interesting and unique. I mean, despite the fact he's kind of ducky. Yeah. Um, because he didn't have much to do in It. Like, Stanley's a bit of a nothing character in It. They're both called Stanley. Hmm. And I'm really glad. It was nice to see that actor has su- sort of some fire in him as well. So that was pretty, that was pretty fun. And, and I thought that everybody else rallied around too in that Good cast. support. Absolutely. No, uh, Sophia Bryant playing... Um, uh, Dana? Was Dina, it? Dina. Dina. Dina is a character. And Brad? Huh, <laughs> yes. I mean, he's, now that's a thankless role, playing the thuggy, Absolutely gaslighting thankless. boyfriend. I will, I will say 
I think some of the like kind of supporting characters could have been fleshed out a little more. In seven episodes, I think that might have been uh, a choice. Hard to do. Richard Ellis plays Brad. Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm fine with it to be honest because I felt like the sort of core characters I had a pretty decent latch on. So, mm. um, like the family and and whatnot. So now they make a big deal. Uh, so there's something to uh, watch during the the hiatus. Yes, I'm not okay with this. In, in, in the, um, I thought you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> in the time between the Thanos snap, yes, and, and before Tony Stark inevitably saves the world. Yes, exactly. Uh, Four years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's hope not. Oh, no, it's movie time. Yeah, it'll only take you one year between movies. One year between films. Yep. Yeah, still. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to spend that time in the quantum realm. Um, they make much of a band called Blood Witch. Yes. Is in, it real? Uh, well, I've got a track here oh. um, called Bloody Witch. I was very into that music. And it's called Blood Witch. Now, we'll see what else we can find out about that while we're playing it anyway. I can. So. See, it's not a real band. It's a fake band, yeah. but from what I could hear on the show, it's very closely modelled on particular bands that were around in that kind of mm. late 80s, early 90s era. It's uh, Stanley's favourite band, isn't it? Isn't yes. It? Yeah. Stanley, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Terry Pratchett, the undeservedly famous author of the Discworld novels, so you can believe me when I say that Zero G on 3 R is the finest science fiction and fantasy show this side of the black stump. I also think Dibbler's delicious pork sausages are the finest eating anywhere anywhere in the world, so you know you can trust me on this. Ha 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 with three exclamation marks. Yes, so that was Blood Witch, quote unquote. Uh, what was the title of that track, Rob? Uh, Bloody Witch. Fair enough. <laughs> and um, so that was from – it's a fictional band from the Netflix show I Am Not Okay With This, which we were just talking about. Um, and so in the in while that track was playing, I had a little poke around because I personally, when they played that song, I was really into it. And it turns out that they got Graham Noxon, who is was a founding member of Blur, to work on it um, and to create this kind of Blood Witch album, which you can now find on Spotify. So you can look that up. And there's even sort of a fake backstory um, for the band. And this is why I like it, because this fake Blood Witch band um, is sort of influenced by Velvet Underground, My Bloody Valentine, Jesus and Mary, Chain, that kind of thing. And so it's sort of meant to be create a bit more of that vibe of the show. And I actually think that it fits really well. So you can look up Blood Witch stuff. Um, on Spotify, it looks like there's a decent amount of tracks there. So I know I'm going to be going to check that out. So yeah, that's from, I'm not okay with this, uh, streaming on Netflix. Got a thumbs up from us. Hmm. All right. So what else have we been looking at? Ah, well, I decided that, um, we, well, actually we were talking about this last week that, uh, um, Disney Plus had dropped Frozen 2, well ahead of schedule. Yes, months ahead. And they also dropped Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Well. <laughs> I know I'll be watching one scene of that again and nothing else. <laughs> which, which, which scene is that? The cool fight scene at the end where he like, I mean, I, we can talk about it. It's been months. Um, yeah. He pulls the lightsaber out from behind his back. Cause uh, actually, I, I remember so little of that movie. Cause they, and then they go... Shoo, 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 there was... There was a fight in water. <laughs> oh, yes. Is that right? Yes, there was. I'm just going to cut to the meaty bit at the end. And... Yeah. 
Yeah, but in, and a lot of uh, several different um, streaming services are. They look like they are sort of gearing up for mm. the for yeah. the hiatus. Yeah, the, the shutdown, the lockdown, and and trying to give us a, a bit more entertainment. Bless them. Yes. Obviously, it's a great time to be streaming. Yeah. Actually, with another future, futurism-based thing here is that is this going to this is going to really affect cinema? Going, yeah. Obviously, releases, but also cinema houses and things like that as well. Yeah. The very the very structure of that form of distribution. Yeah, which is, I mean, I love the cinema and I still love it as much as I did when it was one of the only ways to see films, um, mm. sort of big screen. And I loved that experience. So, I mean, I'm hoping that, that it's not going to have as big an impact, but who knows? You think it will. So. I, mean, I don't see how it can, it can not. I mean, although, you know, you'd th- expect that uh, a cinema can get um, government assistance as a business. Who knows? I think everything is so uncertain at the moment, but. Yes, I think as well, um, I, I mean, personally for me, I'm definitely going back into my good comfort comfort watches as well. Like yeah. what are some of your like fallback feel good kind of comfort shows when you need a boost? Um, quite honestly, I don't get time to get too nostalgic because there's so much new stuff. Mm, so usually you sort of always watching new content. Really. Well, you know, as we've discussed recently, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying watching one episode per week as it drops yeah. in the seventh season or whatever it is. Mm. And, you know, there might be other things. Um, obviously, if I got to work from home, mm. I would be able to have a lot more time <laughs> doing that sort of thing. But I'm, no I'm really you. thinking of, uh, of new stuff at the moment. Like I'm, I've just started watching Kingdom. Season oh two. yes, I need to watch season one of that, and then we can talk about season two. This is the South Korean zombie series. Yes, Netflix original. It's yeah, I'm watching a zombie <laughs> series during a. a um, we joke about it being an apocalypse, but it's it's a difficult time, and I think yeah. we we got to you know. And it's not an ape apocalypse. There's no rise of the apes. God. Apart from in Thailand where the, the monkeys who are being fed in the city They're really mad. <laughs> so we do have an ape apocalypse. Yeah. You know. Anyway, um, it's so easy to get off But off Yes, there. no, Kingdom. I'm going to watch that. I also think there has been an uptake. I know a lot of people started watching Contagion again, so I don't think you're alone in seeking out content that's a little – that's an interesting choice in these times. But Contagion is one of the finest um, plague movies. It's terribly it's it's very sobering. Good. It's a yeah. very good film, but it is no walk in the park. Yeah. Although they do that – they trot out that whole trope of, um, of the fearless um, – um, virologist, uh, yeah, does his own thing with a vaccine. Yeah. You know, it's just like, like Doctor McCoy in Star Trek. I will do this. I will take one, and therefore we will be able to roll it out, yeah, quite quickly because I've taken the hit. I don't think it works that way, but you know, you in, in Hollywood it does. I guess. But actually, there was another series on um, uh, Netflix, Pandemic. Oh yes, and yep. that's actually a documentary. Ah yes, I've seen. So that. just exactly what you need to watch now. Yeah. Um, I will say Vox does a lot of good videos. This is slightly off topic, but they do. They have a series online called Explained. They do a lot of good docos and they've released a lot of good video content about our current world. Mm-hmm. So that's something to check out as well. But, yeah, I'm going to be digging into Kingdom for sure. Um, check mm. that out if you haven't watched it. The 1st got to say the first episode of the second season 
is magnificent. Because it's uh, if you're not across it, it is a zombie show, but it's also set in. I guess, yeah, it's a, old timey Korea. It is. If you know anything about um, Korean television, uh, there's South Korean television. There's there's so many period dramas. Yes. So it's yes, period. That's what I'm looking for. It's mm. a period zombie drama. Yeah. So it's um you know it's bows and arrows and um, uh, catapult, matchlock, no matchlock rifles, okay, um, and that sort of level of technology mm. against zombie hordes. Mm. Uh, and the first season, and I can't tell you this because Megan hasn't seen it, yes. but the first season ends with such a corking good okay. twist. So you're very excited season two. Yeah, now. season two was great. But the other thing about it is, yeah, it's a, it's a zombie apocalypse um, series. But the other part of it is because it's South Korean, uh, South Korean historical drama, there has to be royal family intrigue. Mm. It's just such a, a thing. It is a given. Yeah, And there is it. that in, there's plenty of that, but filtered through the zombie thing, which is really odd. Okay. No, I'm into it. And some good characters and brave soldiers and uh, and 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 uh, valiant doctors. It's just such a good show. I think we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about season two at some point. Yeah, and there's also a movie like kind Is of there? similar. Yeah, but it's not. I don't think it's anything to do with them. Oh, uh, is it ravaged or something like a like similar that? premise? Yeah, it's a very okay. similar sort of thing. Anyway, we digress. Sorry, we, we I think digressed. I led us down that path. We, we went down a whole path yes. there. Uh, and so one, I, I thought I want to watch something that's um, a bit uplifting. I thought that too. I was like, oh, I can't. I need something, you know. And it turned out to be Frozen 2, mm. which is fair zero-G turf. Yes. It's a fantasy movie. It's magical. It's magical. It's um, CGI, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and because it's animated. Uh, and strikingly so, and it is once again another examination of of, of what it is to be a powered superhero. Mm, yes, um, you know, I mean, she just uh, has the same sort of thing running as, um, uh, say, the Black Panther or Namor, Namor of Atlantis, mm. or you know, she's or Aquaman. She's a, a Wonder Woman. She's in the royal family. Yes, she's got powers. I think she's a little – I mean, we'll talk more, obviously, properly. Mm-hmm. She's a little too powered, in my opinion, in this. <laughs> like, we really go from zero to zero to 100 here. Like, yes. she's struggling in in the first one, and then suddenly now she's, like, whipping icicles everywhere. And, and she's really good at but that. But that's, that's just me. Okay, we've got the directors from the first one coming back, uh, Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee. Um, songwriters uh, – Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez and composer Christoph Beck. They're all back again. This is Disney's 58th animated film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in 3D, um, but I oh. could not watch it in 3D. There's an interesting question there that I, I don't quite know the answer to. I was sort of um, frittering around on the internet looking at that this morning. Does Does anyone stream 3D movies? I would think no. It would be interesting, wouldn't it? I don't know. So if anyone does know the answer to that, I do think, and I know that you're still a strong, um, like a strong supporter of 3D. I think there probably just wouldn't be the demand. Yeah, because not many people have something to support that kind of. Content. But it, it makes me yearn that I'd seen this at the cinema in 3D because I look at it and I go, "Oh, that would be so yeah. good." Yeah. Anyway, um, maybe they'll put it out. They'll put it on 3D. Who when knows? They get a disc yeah, yeah. There'll be a Blu-ray or something, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's been. It did big box office when it came out in uh, 2019. Oh, it's um, a pretty reliable property. Yeah. To, and, to sequel up. And it's like the second highest-grossing animated film of all time. God. What's the first one? 
Uh, it's probably Frozen One. Yeah, actually, no fair. It's I, I, probably I, Frozen One. Yeah, or it could be something. Have a quick it, it could be something older, like um, Snow White, Lion you know, King, c- cumulative. You know. Yeah, sure. As they do that, uh, and it was the uh, third highest-grossing film of 2019. Um, obviously, not in the same league as um, the greatest film of 2019, mm-hmm. Avengers: Endgame. Uh, it has got pretty much everybody uh, back, although they have done some interesting things. They've listed it in the credits is like archival audio, oh. so they've actually like used used the voice vocal um, bits and pieces that they've been able to paste together. Okay, so that's a thing now. Um, look, the, the 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 story is. It's set like three three years after um, Frozen. Yeah. Three years after the epic events of Frozen. Uh, it has nothing to do with Once Upon a Time's Frozen story arc. I don't know if you know that they did a – Oh, I didn't They know. did that in, in, in that the television TV. series. Yes. okay. Because uh, I didn't want to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to start with, and I'm not really spoiling this, it's just the opening sort of stuff, um, uh, we get a, a, a flashback of um, a very young Elsa – and Anna, mm. uh, they're told a story by their father about the four elemental spirits mm-hmm. who um, kind of p- empower another race in this magic world, uh, and they are actually magical, this other race, not like the poor people in Elsa's kingdom, mm. uh, and they live in the forest, Yes, of course. <laughs> they're a forest-dwelling magical folk. Yes, and they're kind of, you know, paralleled to be like an indigenous kind of community. Yeah, this is a very common common trope. We have yes. the city, we have the nature people. Yes. Um, this could be a Miyazaki film. These are very starkly drawn because it's a kid's film. Like yeah. we're not expecting kids to really dig too far for these this meaning. So it's right there on top. But we have fine. we have fantasy aviation, mm. we have chosen ones, we have I think Miyazaki films go a bit more dark than Frozen, like Disney stuff does though. Actually I felt this one actually went quite dark in places. Enough so that it's PG and it's got some some um, scenes may scare may ch- scare small young children. children. Yeah, I mean, but there's loads of scenes in Jubilee yeah. stuff that would scare yeah, the pants yeah, off me. <laughs> but anywho, uh, okay. So um, with the two kingdoms established there in our in our brief prologue, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, people from um, Elsa and Anna's kingdom decided to make friends with this magical kingdom, mm-hmm. and they offered them a wonderful gift. And on the day that the gift was being dedicated, things went wrong and war broke out. Yeah. And shortly after that, um, the forest was thereafter shielded by an impenetrable mist. mist. And before you can say Stephen King <laughs> or Maine. <laughs> Dairy Maine, yeah. <laughs> we go back to the present day, which is now, <laughs> and Queen Elsa and is uh, the, royal, the royal heir. Yes, and as we saw at the end of we saw. Frozen. And Princess Anna is her still her great friend and companion, yes. and of course the, the Sam to her Frodo. <laughs> yes, or the uh, I can't remember the name of the characters in um, Two Broke Girls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and and of course the, the main the main strong theme about this movie is family mm. and sisterhood. Yeah. You know that is still so strong in this. With the added element, or should I say elemental, of Elsa's power being the powered one mm. and Anna being not. And they actually explored that really well. Yeah. In quite a, a nuanced way, I thought. And so I was quite impressed with that. 
So um, there's a couple of things from this. Uh, the song, it's a musical, of course, um, with the music, one, one number almost flowing into the next. Yes. I thought they did that extremely well. Yep. Uh, it all made sense. Everybody got their, their song. Yeah. Even, I mean, even uh, what's his name, um, Stefan? Or is it Chris? Christoph. Christoph. Stefan is the, um, the gaslighting one from the Yeah, first the bad one. one that we don't The like. bad one. We don't talk about him anymore. There's no sign of him in this movie, by the no, way. Um, but Christoph, uh, the woodsman. Yes. Um, gets this like 80s power ballad. Yeah, yeah. And well, he's played by, you know, I'm pretty sure he's played by the guy from Mindhunter. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I, everybody's back to do the voices yes. that can be back. Um, and once here we have Kristen Bell. Yeah. Again. She's a delight. She plays um, Anna, doesn't she? That's yes. right. And uh, the, uh, the the really fine singer in Dina Menzel plays mm. Elsa. Um, and I still like that, um, uh, you know, the Let It Go song from the first time. Yeah. Even though it's, that's one of those songs that's been played to death. Yeah. It's, it's been a- parodied to death. Hearing her sing it, she's a wonderful singer. She's like mm. a Broadway person. She's like quite famous. And it's actually almost like a superpower in itself. It's like uh, Black Canary's Banshee yeah. cried to be able to to sing so powerfully and punch yeah. it out there. And they, they do that in this. And I, when I was listening to the songs, like many movies, I could not help. But um, parallel it with the situation that we're going through on planet Earth at the moment. You know, there was just moments and I'm mm. thinking, I know they didn't plan that, but it is Disney. <laughs> you know, but it felt so powerful. Mm. I mean, I think I probably didn't like this as much as you did. Like I thought it was delightful. I didn't think any of the songs stood out to me as much as some of the songs from the first one. Mm. Um I mean, I did like some of the messaging in there. I overall, I just, I wasn't really sure about, I think Frozen 1 had a good amount of tension and drive and I just didn't feel that in this. Mm-hmm. This kind of felt more like, I don't know. Yeah, I still, but I do think you're right. Like everyone does a really good job here and I think it's it's still a really lovely movie. And it's a, I think it's a worthy sequel. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a worthy sequel if we're doing sequels. Like, I think Frozen could have been – I think Frozen is fine on its own. It, it could have stood alone like Lion King or something. Yeah, like I don't need a sequel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I, I do. Uh, and also, for me, I found um, – I, I actually really appreciated having this to watch just in a sort of a – Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess that's the thing is because I have other – I have a lot of – you have a sh- life. <laughs> no, no. No, like you I don't. A lot of shows and comfort watches that I yeah. like to watch that will give me that kind of, you know, energy. Um, Just think of the parents at home in isolation with their children mm. with a new Frozen thing to watch. Yeah. With all new songs for them to watch again <laughs> and again. Yeah, exactly. And again. For what? Four years according <laughs> for, to Avengers timeline. For, for six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think – as far as things go, I mean, it's obviously Disney did this for money, but I think they did a really good job at it still. Mm. Um, and all of those performers are really talented. So I'm happy to hear them sing more. I'm happy to hear what they got. So, Well, if you are unhappy out there, there's a fairly good chance of that. Um, and, and beset by change. And you're not like Zero G, which just eats change for breakfast. Um, 
I don't even, I don't even know where I'm going with that. <laughs> no, we'll go on with that. Um, take comfort in that some things never change, mm. even during change. And this is a song from um, Frozen 2 soundtrack. Uh, Kristen Bell, Edina Menzel, Josh Gad and Jonathan Groff and the cast of Frozen 2. In the marmalade forest, forest. Between the make-believe trees G'day, I'm Brett McKenzie I played an In elf in Lord of the Rings My dad played Ellen Dole the King You're listening to Zero G on 3 Triple R, And I have one thing to say My name is Figwit the Elf You killed my father, prepare to die Yeah, there we go Some things never change Kristen Bell, Indina Menzel And the cast of Frozen 2 mm. It is think, a nice little estate Yeah, it's a decent song they know, what, they know what they're doing when they put those together. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, we're just talking about the fantasy science, mm. uh, sorry, the fantasy superhero movie Frozen 2. Yes. It is, and it's a, it's a Disney one. And I actually thought watching this, this could almost be a Marvel Studios production. Um, especially there's one moment in it where I'm thinking, oh, I'm watching, uh, but I won't tell you what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they'd had a lot of fun with that and the powers and things and kind of getting that up and going. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I think it's got a very different – it's trying to do something quite different to Frozen 1, which is fine. I respect that. Um, It looks great in widescreen. I mean, it looks really good. The animation is lovely. The animation is is so fluid. Mm. Um, I'm watching that thinking, oh, that's good. Mm. You know, very, very fluid and and, uh, and character-driven. The movement feels really real. The uh, the textures on the on the costumes, the, the fabric, yep. the fabric um, work on it, and water. This is some of the best water work I've seen. <laughs> uh, you know, it makes some of the live action films where they do it look silly. Yeah, uh, and also um, fur. There are many furry creatures yes. in this. Yes, they've got some cute characters in here, which oh. I can tell they're really pitching for selling some plushies, <laughs> selling some uh, figurines what? and things, which is, you know. They're, they've got some new magical characters, which I found delightful and yeah. unspeakably cute, so I will not speak of them. <laughs> um, you know, things like the, the, the leaves and the debris on the forest floor at one stage um, and the autumnal colours yeah. there, the palette is so rich. Yeah. And and I know because we all know this. They're using the uh, the autumnal palette to um, to to represent uh, the emotions mm. in the film at that point. That's you know how they do it. Yeah. But oh, it's so well done. The hint of ice crystals in Olaf's snowy skin. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Olaf. textures on the silver birches. Ah. Oh. He's really delighted you. I like it. It has. Yeah. And, and, and Elsa also picks up some really great superhero moves, mm-hmm. you know, and she gets that when she narrows her eyes slightly and she and her eyeliner goes down a bit and, and the eyebrows and she gets really fierce looking. Yeah. I'm guessing that little girls love that. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. I think they do, they do push a lot about how both sisters have something to offer. But, like, I mean, kids are just going to want to be Elsa, like... Yeah, yeah, we want the powers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, actually there's some really nice, because this is one of those films that adults can watch, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, perhaps not in my alleged adult state. Um, there's some gr- great little moments. Uh, Olaf says at one stage off as an aside, and he gets a lot of these little lines. Um, somebody asks him, uh, what's, what's your theory? 
<laughs> and he says, oh, that advancing technology is both our saviour and our doom? <laughs> no, no, the other theory. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and there is a there is a nightmarish scene at sea. Uh, and even though we know that, you know, the character's going to triumph, it's actually pretty scary. Yeah. Um, yeah there's, yeah. there's things that they take to the edge mm. not quite too far because I know kids are watching this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually found that in its own sort of more robust way, um, equivalent to that little moment in, um, I, I talk, say about this a lot, uh, Ponyo. Oh, yeah. Where the kid walks over a hill looking for his mum and sees the car park there with the door open. <laughs> There's nothing more. And it is exactly that, that, <laughs> that, that little tremble yeah. you know, in the lip that, yeah, exactly. So this, this had some of that going in it too. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm well on board with Frozen too. Um, and I think they did a grand job of mm. it. That could they have done better? <sighs> I mean, <sighs> you know, maybe not made it, and that's that's not an indictment of them having made it. But yeah. you know, to have yeah. that standalone, yeah, sure. classic there. But <sighs> I can see why they did it as well. Like yeah. Frozen was so popular that even if it, this was as fraction of as popular, it's still make it's gazillions. Still a good decision on their part. So. You know, and look, I know it's a, it's a tactical and strategic decision to drop it onto net onto Disney Plus now. Yeah, but it brightened your weekend. It did. It actually did. So there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So mm. you know, and so you know, we were talking about there being. Oh yeah, see, see, there's one line in it that I never want to hear again in my entire life from any character in any any movie or television mm. show. Wait, what? <laughs> I hate I, – I, it's like – it used to be like people would say, oh, he's in deadly danger. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. I'm just okay. tired of – wait, what? Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, <laughs> another one that I particularly hate is when somebody says, no way, and then the other character says, yes, way. Mm. Yeah. It's 2020, guys. <laughs> yeah. Come up with something else. Take a screenwriting course. We wish it wasn't 2020. We wish it was 2021. Well, do we? <laughs> yeah, well, we could be living... We'd be through the – Yeah. Exactly. Oh, we'd be in Sea Lab 2021 then. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to be in it now, but it's probably not as much fun as the uh, the parody version. <laughs> it's so hard. I think it's so hard. Like, you know, I want – it's nice to kind of have an outlet and talk about other things and the content we're enjoying, but it's so hard to get through without talking about, you know, the state of the world. But mm. anyway, we're here with you. Hang yeah. in there. We've all got this. And, uh, you know, we'll go out with Into the Unknown, the big song from yes. Frozen 2, Indina Menzel and Aurora, <laughs> who I would like, like to talk about at another time on the show. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, she's got a set of pipes on her and that's uh, what this song is all about. But Into the Unknown, as we all are at the yep. moment. And until next week, thank you, Megan. Thank you, Rob. Thank you to Kayla, our podcaster. And to the stalwart heroes at Triple R, mm. who are still manning the essential service that is radio. And we will leave you with this thought until next week that fear is the only thing that you can't trust. G'day, this is Rob Jan. Thanks for listening to the podcast at Triple R Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy, and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website.